What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's going on, family? Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Herb and Two alongside Tucson Warner. My name is Herb Howard. Every Wednesday and Friday, we are here hanging out with you wonderful people, talking about issues that are currently impacting the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us as individuals, also how they impact us as a collective. And with your help, we talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them as individuals for sure, but perhaps more importantly, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to tune in to this conversation. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We would kindly request that you please take a quick second to share the broadcast, share it on your personal page, share it on your personal network. Let somebody know about this conversation. You enjoy it. Perhaps they will enjoy it and find some value in it too. Again, this is Herb and Two. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Two. What's happening, good brother? What's up, family? I'm blessed and highly favored, man. How are you? Whoa. That is not blessed nor highly favored. That is. Either of them. Okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Edit that out. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Busting this motherfucker lip. Um, I'm straight, man. I'm straight. I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I just got off the doggone plane. Uh, man, I, I feel like I was in Dallas for a long time. <laughs> I feel like I was in Dallas for a long time. Obviously, the Bears went out there to play this weekend, got they ass water okay? Water They got they ass water out there, bro. It was not a game, okay? Very, very entertaining football game to watch. High scoring, a lot of interesting plays, but they got banged 49 to 29. You give up 50 points. That's just, that's not, that's not good. But, you know, I ain't no football guy. I ain't yeah. been fucking with the football since Kaepernick, yeah. right? But I was somewhere where the Bears were playing and I couldn't command the TV. Yeah. And I hit your ass like, gee, I, you know, I watch this shit, yeah. but I'm watching this yeah. shit. Yeah. Man, they backfield is nice, G. I'm not, they got running backs, man. Uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Two real nice running backs. Like they got, they got, a, they got another a young kid. They got a young shitty team, but they got talent. You can see the talent. They got some pieces for sure. They just got to get you know more of it and put some more things around them. But they definitely got talent, man. I think Justin Fields is is, is uber talented. He's got all of the tools you need. Just got to get some more talent around him at wide receiver, offensive line. But you're right, they running backs. They running backs legit. Offense look good, man. They put up 29 points. Uh, you know most 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 times in Chicago, that's gonna get you a dub. Uh, but the defense was not very. Chicago Bear like uh on Sunday they was getting Dallas was doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do from start to finish man that, that that was not not good for the defense and shit today they traded Roquan Smith their best defensive player yeah I saw that yeah they uh Ryan Poles man the 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 general manager like all right we ain't gonna do shit anybody I can get something for get y'all ass on if I'm not if I don't have no intention of signing you he clearly doesn't have no intention of signing him long term. I don't know that I agree with not signing Roquan Smith long term, but he clearly wasn't going to. They had the contract dispute this offseason. You know, uh they couldn't they couldn't settle on it. And so uh yeah, he traded them to the Baltimore Ravens for a second round pick and a fifth round pick. Very, very interesting move, man. But uh, where you come in on that on the concept of million dollar slaves. You remember that book that came yeah. out a while ago yeah. called Million Dollar Slaves that was kinda of focusing on like, mm-hmm. you know, elite not even just elite, but all professional black athletes. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty much on point. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's on point. I think that that is generally speaking, that's what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are, that's, that's the plantation. That's the farm. Y'all go out there, work. Or y'all, or y'all, they used to make fight to the death. You know what I'm saying? 
and you know y'all make money for it and so you know y'all like okay it's cool but uh ultimately you talk about you know these billionaire old white men in control of it right a lot of that is old money we know what old money in america comes from and so uh, you look at like Jerry Jones. First of all, the stadium that he built in Dallas is fucking palatial. It's still raw as hell. They in there, Soldier Field has to do better, G. It's just like this idea of. I know you always say that, G. I, I got an affinity for Soldier Field. Though. I do too. It's fine. It's, it's, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's also nostalgic, but I just mean in terms of what's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere we go, like just, it's a different operation. You know what I'm saying? The food in the press box. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like what they was doing in Dallas was bananas. Shout out to Jerry Jones on that though. They had a, a, a black owned, uh, like catering company runs their food service in the stadium in the press box, right? And so it's a bunch of aunties and uncles in there and it's, they getting busy and it's fine. Hey baby, you need some grilling ribs in the back of that hey, joint, huh? It was going down. You hear me? And after the game, they opened up the beer spouts and, and served beer in the press box for two hours after the game. You just, Drink beer and write your story and shit. Uh, but no, nah, they, they had, they had, they had it laid out. Jerry Jones definitely knows how to, uh, host an event. But man, that, 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 that thing is crazy. But yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. It's a bunch of old white dudes with billions of dollars throwing pennies at these young black athletes to entertain them and make them more money. So in context, like the reason I asked that was well, more than one reason why I asked that, but just this past weekend, uh, there's another controversy around anti-Semitism that comes out around Kyrie Irving. And it started with uh, a tweet that he shared from some shit, a movie Alex Jones had made or something. Okay. And recently Alex Jones got sued for like, I don't remember how many millions of dollars, maybe $20 million for some shit he said about Sandy Hook. When the kids got killed at the school, he was like, those were, those were like actors or some shit. Kyrie shared like a documentary Alex Jones did or some shit. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones is very much like, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh or any other sure. right wing kind of sure. commentary spaces. But, you know, just like all that shit, it's like with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Some of that sure. shit has some truth to it. Some of it is, you know, yeah. absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. But Kyrie shared it and he must have shared something else that similar, like a documentary or something that maybe spoke to what certain sects of Jews believed to be anti-Semitic. And I thought about that shit in context to the Kanye conversations that have been happening for the last however many weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, when is black man going to be fucking men? And I'll say this. I respect how Kyrie responded to this shit. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was like, man, I'm not finna honor that shit. Oh, I, yeah, I saw that. I'm the- not honoring that shit with a response. <laughs> I didn't write the shit. I was doing research. I saw the film. I shared the film. You'd be the judge of what you thought of this shit. Right. You know right. what I mean? Which is respectable. He said, this shit is on Amazon. Are you going to Amazon for Are you having Jeff Bezos you know about this? Right. Are you talking to him about these conversations? Right. He's like, I'm, the, he's like, why are you promoting it? He's like, promoting it. This is my social media site. So I ain't promoting shit. I just share the thought. It's not a promotion. We all share news. We all share thoughts. Pieces of content. Whatever the fuck was intriguing to us at the moment, but I'm interested in it in the context of how the rest of the world thinks they can communicate with us. Right? Even the conversation mm. around anti-Semitism. Mm. This shit ain't about anti-Semitism. Even the shit with Ye. It's about power. Right. Right? And right. we have to understand that we are powerless people. Right. point that Kyrie made is, this shit on Amazon. Right. So if it was really alarming or harming you, 
Why go, not address Amazon? Go to the fucking source. Right. But you won't do that. Oh, no. Right? Because this pushback from Amazon. But I can come at your little black ass. Well, I can come at you and talk to you have the fuck I want. Even, and it'll be a it'll be a, a news clip, a newsworthy conversation. We can run this shit in social media land for another two months. It'll feed my newspaper. It'll feed whatever, you know, uh, in, entities I want it to feed. Even though I'm a... 70k reporter and you are 40 million dollars over. You know what I mean? Right? Even though I'm a, even though I'm a 7,000, 70,000 dollar reporter, you're beneath me. Yeah. I can talk you to you. You and your 40 million a year. Just like Dion when he said, man, don't talk to me like that. Would you talk to yeah, right, whoever you right, said at right. the time? Yeah, yeah. He was calling by his first name. Calling him by his first name. Right. He's like, no, You don't call Coach Saban Nick. You wouldn't call Coach Saban Nick. And right. dude did it again on he purpose. Did. And he like, I'm gonna leave before I knock your ass out. Yeah, cause it's not <laughs> worth my time. But I respect how Kyrie came out. Basically saying, fuck you. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, demean myself hey. to having this conversation. But now we use juxtaposition. Mm. And Ye is explaining himself every day. Now, those are very different men. Sure. Right? I think, let me say, I think Kyrie is more intelligent than Ye. Sure. I don't necessarily, to me, sometimes Kyrie reminds me of the dude who read the article and think he got all the information. Mm. I ain't knocking him. I think he's just early in the journey. Yeah, right. People, people discredit a lot of what Kyrie said because he stood so staunchly on, you know, the Earth being flat and whatnot. Which, yeah, I didn't even know that one. That's beyond my understanding. Yeah, I, 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 I missed that. That one. was early in his career. That was early. He might still believe it. He I don't might. Know. Hey, I ain't mad at. Him, but yeah. my point is, man, my know, brother's not sure that the Earth isn't flat. We had a long talk about this for a long time. He and he went. I was like, bruh. I don't know. Whatever. That's 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 pretty bad. <laughs> he, he's, he's hooping niggas, man. He's hooping niggas. Ain't nothing man. around but the ball. God damn, man. <laughs> Fuck. I I want to defend you, Ron, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know what to say he about went, that. He went hard on it. He went hard. On it. He, I mean, we, we was back and forth for like two hours. Yeah. Fuck out of here. But right. um, <laughs> you know, we 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 leverage. Nearly full of comments in here until you fully understand white supremacy. What it is and how it works. Everything you think you understand will only confuse you. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the lexicon of the conversations that are happening after both of these outbursts, right? I just don't feel like we're having the right kind of conversations. I'm sorry. My brother hooped in Australia, right? He was like, Man, I've been to Australia. I wasn't upside down. I'm like, we should fuck Rod now. There's no other answer to that, but you got to whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no other answer to that. I say, wait, what? I, I hope he, he, What high school did Rod go to? He's a dolphin. That's my point. I just want you to say that out loud. <laughs> God, they don't teach that at Dunbar. I'm, I'm just him. saying. They don't teach that at Dunbar. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't see the... I, I, I'm not familiar with the video that, that Kyrie put out. I saw his interaction with the reporter, though. And I, I just, I fuck with Kyrie, man. I just, I like that he stands on whatever he's on. Now, whether it's OC as hell, like on some flat earth shit, or it's, I'm not taking y'all vaccination. I don't give a fuck if I can't play in New York or y'all gonna take half my 40 million or we ain't gonna win the championship. I don't give a fuck. I, I'm, I don't want to put that shit in my body. I'm not going to suck my dick. Like, I, I like, I, whether you agree with him or not, I like that. For me though, the conversation, like I said, is a conversation about power. Right, all of it. Right, right, and I think that we lose context in how arguments get shaped, form, and the expectation of black maleness. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it resonates in so many different ways. Yeah. I think it resonates in the show he's wilding out on the streets. I think it resonates in how we view black men. I think it resonates in our relationships. I think it resonates in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. I think there's an expectation for us not to be men and then be men. And then who qualifies mm. what is and isn't a man. Mm. I think it's very interesting. How can you be, how can you exist in both paradigms? How can you exist in both paradigms? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and sustain value in both paradigms. Right. 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 You know what I mean? Right. So you, you can exist, but you only be valued to one quadrant at the time. So I'm reminded of the conversation that we, we reference often. I think it's one of the best conversations I've ever seen. And anybody who hasn't seen the, the, the conversation between Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin, you need to go watch that. Like right after you watch this, stay on YouTube, Google Nikki Giovanni and, and James Baldwin and just watch that conversation. Um, she tells James Baldwin that the black man has to, like she, he like, he, she's like, why can't you come and fake it with me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's like, you walk all, you walk, you go to that job every motherfucking day. You smile at Mr. Charlie face and yada, 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 and you fake it for him. Why you can't fake it for me? Why they get the best of you? Not you got to come home. Then I get the worst of you. I get the attitude. You got to lie to me too. He like, no, I can't lie to you. She's like, you got, you got to. You lying to that nigga all day, smiling his face. Why you can't come home and smile for fucking me? You know what I'm saying? And he was going, you know, kind of back and forth. But I say that to say, like, when you talk about when and where you ought to be a man, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, is it is it in the personal life? Is it in the professional life? Is it to meet the social standard of provision? Is it to meet the um, human standard of of manhood or the the, nat- the natural standard? Like, wh- what is it? And when those things conflict, as they often do in our society, then what? So it's so perplexing to me, though, right? Because we are the only class of men who has this expectation placed upon them. Mm-hmm. There's a meme that's been going around for a few years now. It's a white dude. I don't know if he's an actor that plays in like one of them action flicks, or he's a, or he's one of them real, you know, mafioso gangsters. Yeah. I don't know. But there's a there's a there's a, there's oh, a music running. That's one, but I ain't even talking about okay. that one. There's okay. another one that's just like it's some music running, and he says that a safe man is not a good man. A man should be dangerous. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and that's some truth, right? We say the qualifier for understanding manhood on this show. We say is can you whoop my, my ass, ass though? Yeah, that is the determinant if you are a man or not. Yeah, right. And, and and you know, I know people take that with a grain of salt, or they take it very literally in the sense of can you whoop my ass in some physical sense, right. but it's in every sense. If you can't dominate me in whatever capacity, you can't tell me what the fuck to do. Period. Right? But we are at the bottom of the social totem pole. Right. Right? So we we made t-shirts a while back called said to say capitulate. Right. Because in order for us to survive, we have to capitulate. Got to capitulate. You know what I mean? And that capitulation to the point of the Nikki Giovanni conversation, mm-hmm. he is performing in front of that man. For you. For you. It ain't for that man. I'd rather not go do this shit. I don't shit. give a fuck about him. But your definitive of manhood is for me to go out here and do what needs to be done to provide. So now I got to go out here and suck and jack. Do you think I'm going to come home and do it too? Hey, what we doing? You know what I'm saying? But the reason why this shit is so interesting to me is because I think we coming up into a point in time where, you know, we talk about this all the time, like we're moving into this fourth economic revolution. Right, and there's no need for a servant's class, and black people have essentially been a servant's class, male or female. Right. No matter what, whatever level of achievement that you achieve, you're still achieving as a servant. Right. Right. We just heard 
two, three weeks ago, Kanye was the wealthiest black man in America. Mm-hmm. A week later, he ain't. Right. Which lets you know the power of your dollar. Right. How fragile. How fragile your dollar is. Even right. at the top of this goddamn ladder, you ain't shit. You ain't shit, bro. Right? We can tell you, you unbankable. With six billion dollars, we can say we don't want your motherfucking money. Your money has no value. You go from being one of the premier fashion designers and labels or whatever the fuck Yeezy is, right? To a week later, you get thrown out of the Skechers headquarters. Nobody in our culture other than you wears that shit, right? Only you wear your Al Sixes. I got Skechers. I just want to I said other I than call you. them Al Sixes. Okay. They the shit to me. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody other than you. Right? the best feeling fucking shoes on the planet. So he goes from here, right? And then a week later, he real gets thrown out of Skechers. They're like, real the quick fuck though. out of here. Real quick, though. Yeezys feel good. They do. Imagine Yeezys with the Skechers technology. See that shit. Oh, six Yeezys. Oh, gee. I wouldn't buy nothing else. Ever again in history of ever. That'd be like walking on a cloud, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Work it out, baby! They need the Sketches version. That's the point, though. They kicked him out. I know they said fuck you. So fuck Sketches. I'll never, I ain't purchased my Sketches in the first place, but I do appreciate them. I gotta stop appreciating them. This week you got $1,000 sneakers. The next week, the people that sell 1999 sneakers and Al 6 at Walmart are like, get the fuck out of here, son. Yeah. We could give a fuck. We could give a fuck, right? But again, again, for me, it goes back to the question of us, though. Right. Right? Right. What are we willing to stand on? Back to Kyrie. I appreciate him standing on his decision to do whatever the fuck it was that he actually did. Right? Right. right. But I also see the game being played. Right? So... Kyrie stood on not taking the vaccine. Kyrie is a problem for Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Financially, he's a problem. Oh, yeah. Right? So what what do we got to do to leverage to get your ass up out of here? We want to get your ass up out of here. Ye's a problem. Mm-hmm. What do we got to do financially to get leverage to get your ass up out of here? Mm-hmm. Right? And and how we as a community respond to it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole swath of people that's fucking with Ye, and there's a whole swath of people that's not fucking with Ye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Stephen, Stephen, uh. A. Smith. Not Steven Smith, the other, other. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson gets on the internet today, mm-hmm. basically invites Ye to a physical fight because of the conversation he's having with George Floyd's family, right? Well, and Steven Jackson knew George Floyd. Personally. I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying. I feel it, but I, again, right, my point here, and I'm not with Ye. I'm not, mm-hmm. right? But it's so interesting to me how we willing to go to war with Ye. Yeah, yeah. Right, because again, it's about power. You wouldn't go to war with no white man who said you wouldn't go to war with the police who killed that motherfucker. Because what's the, what? What's the dominant question? Can you whip my ass though? I can whoop your ass. So my point is, right? Again, Stephen Con- Jackson knows he can whoop Kanye's ass. He as 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 certain as he is about his ability to whoop Kanye's ass, he knows just as well that he can't whoop. The Minneapolis Police Department ass, and he can't whip the powers that be ass. But context is important. We talk about this all the time. Jeff Fort on national television told the Chicago police, you bring your ass over here, I'm going to kill you. Whole lot of gang shit. I love it. Right? I'm not even saying Stephen Jackson is right. It's I'm just only, he believes that I, I can't whip their ass, but I can whip yours. So all I'm, I'm, again, I ain't saying either one is right or wrong. What I'm saying is in context of what masculinity looks like I'm in sure. the American yeah. standard. 
right? When them motherfucking white people took over the Capitol on January 6th, them men made a men, a man decision. Fuck your rule. We don't like fuck what's your law. Fuck your standard. This is not fulfilling to my needs, my goals, my strategy, whatever the fuck my ideology is. We running up in here, Joe. We running up in here. Period. Fuck the consequences. Period. Period. Right? We watched brothers and sisters die on public airwaves and we go chant and shout. Kanye makes a joke about George Floyd's wife or mama or somebody's hat. Stephen Jackson wants to whoop your ass. Yeah. Them 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 ancillary police, not the not the not the chauvin, right. but the, the other two who were standing around while watching it happen. Right. They went on trial two days ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Steve, you should have been to see him. Right. If you feel that way. Right. And I'm not, and I ain't putting that on Steve. I'm saying, I'm saying a, they killed your partner. They killed your partner. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But as a community, as men, what is our standard and value of manhood? We have to define that in this moment. And what I'm saying is that we're seeing signs on the wall of how they're separating you from the old ideologies. Because what we used to define manhood or masculinity as is who got the bag. In my mind, it was a beta male system. But we leveraged the American standard to define manhood in our communities too. Right? Yeah, Provision. Not- and protection. So the motherfucker who had the biggest bag was standing at the top of the hill of manhood. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing in the moment right now is how we can excavate the bag from you without touching you. Don't even matter. So that can't be the standard of manhood anymore. But we, we, you and I have always said that. I ain't never agree with it. And not, not, not even the construct, but just that even the people who have the bag, right? All the wealth being in the hands of white folks, we've always said that it ain't about the money to them. It's about the fucking power, right? The money is just a tool. For us, the money is the fucking goal. It's the end all be all. It ain't just a tool, right? It's the fucking goal. And for them, that's not the case. But when you was talking about the, um, uh, running into the Capitol, right? I was reminded of a, a Bump J line. And you was talking about them, them, them men made a decision. I don't like what's happening here. I don't like what's going on in the country. Run up in this motherfucker, right? I'm unhappy. I'm whatever. Bump got a line that say, I got two kids and one on the way. If one of them is hungry, I'm open up that closet full of guns and put one on my waist. Kick in that dough for them funds in that safe. Snatch you up, make your close ones run in that yay. You know what I'm saying? And we understand it on that level, right? On, on, on that level, if we talk, if we talk some street shit, we can understand that shit. But when we talk, run up in the motherfucking government house, snatch their close ones up and get what you want. Now it's like, whoo, that's, we understand. That's a bridge it. too far, fam. We understand it in the context of traumatizing other powerless people. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Stephen Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we support it. We get behind it. We laugh. We joke. We we gossip around it. Yeah, right. But we look at January 6th and we clutching our fucking pearls. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Right when that is the true sense or the true essence of, in my mind, what a man should be. I'm not agreeing with the ideology behind that particular move. Uh, it's, it's larger than these individual things. It's philosophical. Just the gumption to say, I ain't with this shit no more. Period. Right? And stand on whatever the repercussions of saying, I ain't with this shit no more is. I'm willing to die behind what I'm on right I'm now. willing to die behind this. Yeah. Right? If you let a bully whoop your ass, he's going to whoop your ass. Yeah. That's just it. Motherfucker say, if somebody wastes 20 minutes, if somebody wastes uh, 30 minutes of your time, the last 28 was your fault. That's real shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
But how does this shit play out? How does it trickle down? Mm-hmm. Right? As soon as, again, and it's a nuanced conversation. I'm not, I told you the day that yay, over the time period that this yay shit been happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, yay ain't all the way wrong. I'm mad that it's yay saying it. That was my argument. Mm. Ye shouldn't say it because he's not capable of having the conversation. Right. Right. He doesn't have the level of intellect, one. Right. Nor does he have the stature or the belief system. That's my personal understanding. Right. I think when Ye speaks about his people, I don't think black people should confuse that as black people. Mm. I think Ye sees his people or his goal as his people as being next to other billionaires. Mm. Which is why he comes to every conversation and says, you don't call me a billionaire. Y'all always say I'm a rapper. Disassociate me from nigga shit. Put me next to the people I want to be next to. The billionaires. Interesting. Right? He's not standing on the hill in sacrifice of black folk. He's leveraging black folk just like everybody else does. Interesting. But he, he in my mind, again, I don't, there's no factual proof to none of this shit. Mm-hmm. But he deems his people or his goal or who he wants to identify with as the billionaire class. That's who he deems as his people. So in every interview, he'll mention the Balenciagas. He'll mention the Ralph Lawrence. He'll mention he a thousand times over. He always talks about how Forbes didn't want to call me a billionaire. They always talk about me as the rapper. Right. Right? Right. Well, the rapper has connotations just like ghetto has connotations. Right. Relates to being niggas. Right. You know what I mean? Don't associate me with them niggas. I'm bigger than that. So, yay, yay came up in the same, same inner circle you came up in, right? With all these creatives, all these designers, musically, fashion, all these other things. And as he began to ascend into his own superstardom, he could have chosen to make those brands the premier brands. But to your point, he just wanted to be as close. How close can I get to the Louis Vuittons, the whomever, all the people he always lists every time he's on a fucking video. And it's like, bruh, you didn't have to do that. But then the documentary comes out from when he was trying to get on. And I thought it was very, very telling that when he finally made it, Cody wasn't good enough no more. And that was like, that was like, that was like the main thing to me. Out of all that shit, that was like, that was the most telling part of it. He done, he done all your fucking videos. He done all this shit. This nigga follow you around. He's making this fucking documentary. Then when you get on, you got this record. He's not good enough now. Now, you gotta go get Hype Williams. Hype don't know you. He don't know you personally. He don't know you conceptually. Y'all don't have no artistic chemistry. Cootie got all that. But you like, nah. Cootie like, alright, cool, fuck it. When he, when he doesn't give you what you want, you gonna come back. So there's a little bit of duality there too, but it speaks to the overall context of the kind of conversation I'm trying to have. Mm-hmm. Right? So even Ye, in the start of the documentary and the start of Cootie being around, that's Ye with a semblance of success. And you gotta understand the dynamics on the grounds in Chicago. Sure. At that time, common, Maybe some West Side Boys was the only, you know, modicum of rap success True. out of the city. True. So you put Ye saying, I produced on a Rockefeller record, and I live in New York now. When he come back to the city. He came. Oh, he the motherfucking man. Yeah. Even though in the lexicon of the real business, he ain't really nobody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 
But there's another part of the story too, like the inception. Like I remember, so I'm, so I'm gonna say this shit. Okay. Right. I remember. Is this some patriot shit? This might be some patriot <laughs> shit. Yeah, this is patriot shit. I ain't saying that shit. If you're not gonna get other people in trouble. But I'm gonna say this. He's never been the, 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 the cool nigga. Mm-hmm. He's never been, and he's always struggled with not being the cool nigga. Right. Uber talented, right? But motherfucker, you don't see me, right? I know several women that he dealt with way before he was familiar to the world. Really? Yeah, you do too. I've introduced you to him. Okay, cool. You, you would, I'll tell you later. All right, you know okay, 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 I got you. okay. But if you juxtapose them and you juxtapose what he's into now, it's like a different planet. Money does not. Right, change you, it exposes you. But when I'm, but when I'm around all of that, I remember he would follow around certain people, mm-hmm. right? And he would follow around them certain people because he felt like they embodied the cool that he valued. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. One of them using Dallas with this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Another one I mentioned all the time. Right. Right. And if right. you know them two dudes. They're, they're wildly outgoing, they're, right. you know, vivacious kind of people. Big personalities. Big personalities. Authentic. Authentically big personalities. Right. You right. know what I mean? Uh, but again, I'm not even shitting on dude. Right. I'm saying that in his essence, he struggled for identity. Right. Right? So now you compound that with capital and it's just, it's a, it's an amalgamation of these ideas that aren't really rooted in anything. I just want to be the guy. And what's the guy look like? Right. One of the things I used to tell my son and what I would have my nephew talk to my son is like, man, when you're trying to be cool, you probably not cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause being who you are authentically is what makes you cool. Mm-hmm. All that other shit is a made up caricature. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, it's still a caricature. Right. Right. And at the, at the crux of that caricature, there's going to be some flaws cause it's not genuine. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what I would accept from some of those Bigger personality yeah. that I'm not naming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. It ain't even cool. But this is who this nigga is. Right. I'm not taking that off. I'm not taking that off somebody to say who person. you are. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So if you're pretending, it's just not gonna sit well. Right. So I say all that to say, when you're not operating in that authentic energy, and this is something we saw him struggle with very, very young. I'm teenage really? years. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you become a man, and you're still not rooted in nothing. You're not anchored by anything. And you like that goddamn Dallas outside the tax thing. Yeah. Flying all over the goddamn place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So getting back to the context of what it means to be man. Right? Mm-hmm. And in this society, they say, you know, provide provision and protection. Right. And I get it. We hear it. It's the lexicon. But what I'm saying is that as we live and breathe, the lexicon is changing. Mm. Right? And what we've deemed as or seen as or viewed as valuable they're snatching our opportunities away in a way that I probably have never physically witnessed, but I know it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So to demean you or to deprive you or to snatch away your resource. Yeah. In the way that they snatched away Ye's resource. Yeah. Right? We know they want to get rid of Kyrie. Yeah. I'll put this gel on his jacket. And if he has any response other than the one he's had, and even with the one he had, it might not be good enough. Right. We can snatch away his livelihood as well. Right. Right. And if they could do it to the wealthiest black man and a, and an NBA elite, how you think that should play out for a motor company? Right. How you think that should play out at the post office? Oh, it, it plays out differently at the post office. It, it plays out 
at the gig as nigga, don't you dare. You know what I'm saying? While simultaneously, niggas getting shattered on Twitter eight gazillion times. Yeah, you you know when you wake up in the morning, you better not walk in there and say nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? At least, Ye believes he can, right? Then they smack him. No, you can't, right? But the rest of us, you know, you fucking know you can't. Like it's, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. But you mentioned the the the, the Twitter shit. And, you know, Elon Musk, you know, bought Twitter for however many fucking billions or whatever. Um, then he tried to back out the deal. They ain't let him. They're like, nigga, you said you was giving us 40 billion. You can have this shit. Okay. Run the 40 billion. Uh, um, as soon as we get in there, all of the different restrictions and shit they had in place, he like, fuck all that. Okay. Uh, freedom of speech. People can say whatever they want. And since then, use of the word nigger, has gone up 500%. Hard R nigger up 500% just since they've lifted those restrictions, right? Um, I'm with it though. I ain't gonna lie. I'm perfectly fine with it. It, it irks my soul every time when the collective of us is up in arms about this shit. This is, this is an outrage. The only outrageous shit about this is that you're fucking surprised. Where the fuck do you think you live? What the fuck do you think these people think about your ass? Stop fucking playing in here, man. Only problem I got with it is that you capitulate to their demands on how you use language. Right? So, you know, I got a reckless ass mouth. True. Right? But I got a reckless ass mouth on purpose. Right. You understand? Um, I was having this conversation with my daughter. We was downtown this week. Man, I almost got in a fight this week. Just wild really? Day. Yeah, man, we went downtown. Well, I'll be down. I'm in motherfucking... Macy's or some shit like mm-hmm. that, trying on some shit. So I'm in the dressing room, but Bella and, and Nick is outside the dressing right, room right. waiting on me. And I hear some conversation going on. And at first I was like, oh, that ain't. Right. Then I hear Nick say something, and I was like, what the fuck? So I come up out the dressing room with some crazy motherfucker. I was like, man, who the fuck is you talking to? Right. So he get belligerent and shit, so I'm getting belligerent and shit. We in the middle of Macy's. I'm louder than the motherfucker. <laughs> man, I'll kill your bitch ass in here. You know what I mean? Who the fuck is you talking to, man? Like, it was crazy, nigga. I just thought it was crazy. Like back at half hip and had to stop this motherfucker out of the middle of Macy's, man. Oh, but that is neither here nor there, man. It is. It's like, funny though. It is. I was bad okay, though. I'm glad I was like, to it. Kill your motherfucking ass. They <laughs> talking to my daughter and my lady. Motherfucker, you want to die? You trying you to die? Fucking mind, man. You got death wishes. Yeah, he was like, I'm, he said some shit. I could, I could tell he was crazy, but I didn't give a fuck that time. At that we point, crazy, we both huh? crazy. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's see who crazy is. Give a fuck no more. But get it, <laughs> get it back to where I was going back. Even about the Eli Musk and the Twitter shit and nigga shit going on a five hundred percent uptick, right? Me and my old lady, we driving downtown. We see some LGBTQ community activity. Right. Right. And I, I probably say it's a record shit because I say record shit. See <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck it is. It's my car. We it works my family. And I say it publicly. You know what I mean? Fuck But my daughter was like, Sir Rock. My daughter was like, Daddy, you're homophobic. I said, No, I ain't. And she said, You are homophobic. I said, Baby, you know what phobia means? Right. She's like, You're homophobic. I said, Phobia means fear. I don't fear these motherfuckers. That's why I'm free to speak like this. Right? So she was like, no, you're homophobic. I said, no, that's that white man's education is teaching you that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to understand shit or something. Even the way they condemn you to use language. 
right? It's about power. Mm-hmm. I was like, here you are. You will fix your mouth to work around these diminishing epitaphs around these communities. Yeah. But you don't never hear nobody challenge nigga. No. And I said, until they start challenging nigga, I don't give a fuck what they rules are. Yeah. Right? If that's the, if we ain't challenging that, then you don't hold no dominion over me, motherfucker. We gonna go, it's gonna always be a free fall. Listen. Right? Dave Chappelle did it the best. He, the best. He, but, best. I'm not, not a nigga either. either. You know what I'm saying? Fuck like, y'all. Like, that's, that's, that was the best, that was, that was it. Right we up. did another podcast one time, mm-hmm. right? And before the cameras went on, I asked myself, is there any, uh, barriers around language? Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't want to disrespect y'all show. Yeah. Cause on our show, I'm going to say what the fuck I want to say. Yeah. And they was like, well, no, ain't no barriers on language. I said, so we can say nigga. She was like, oh yeah, you can say nigga. I said, so I can say faggot. Oh no, you dare say faggot. Right. I said, what the fuck you mean I can yeah. use whatever language I want to yeah. use? But I, and I did that on purpose. On purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Different. Just so you can see the flaw and the error in your way. And I don't even think they saw the error in their way. No, different. And people don't see it, but just like you were talking about like, about like, uh, Kanye being the, the person to voice these things isn't ideal. Right? I think the same when you talk about this, um, when you talk, I don't want, when you talk about the agenda, right, in terms of this, this, this push in, in the LGBTQ, um, hemisphere, right? Cause I don't even mean just the community, right? You hear Boosie speak out on it a lot and he's unapologetic, but he's also, he ain't, you know what I mean? Like because he's Boosie, he's easy to be like, that's, he's fucking crazy. You can write him off his agent and write him off. You know what I'm saying? Nigga been on death row, nigga from Streetport, can't have, understand half the shit to be talking about. You know what I'm saying? And so it's easy to write him off. But who the fuck else can say shit? Like, you know what I'm saying? And Boosie said he was on drink chats. He was like, if I don't say the shit I say, if I don't challenge the shit I challenge, who the fuck gonna do it? Nobody. And, you know, to an extent, He's right. Now, whether or not he's right about everything he's saying, nah. But shit needs to be pushed. Shit needs to be challenged. There needs to be some checks and balances around this motherfucker. And without it, one side just runs completely amok doing whatever the fuck they want to do. So I think there are people out of our culture and out of our community who challenge all these thoughts. Right? But we we idolize celebrity culture. Good point. So we don't hear them. Right. Right, we we write them off, right? I just saw for the last week, uh, brother Daniel from the FOI been posting Minister Ishmael clips, and Minister Ishmael is responding to all these conversations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's respond, he's responding to all these conversations in the infirmary. Like I support what these people are saying. Mm-hmm. I love Minister Ish, you yeah. know what I mean? But Minister Ish ain't Minister Farrakhan. No, he's not. Right. So even with Minister Ish being who he is at the helm of the nation at this very moment. That conversation isn't going to travel. When the minister speaks his mind, they ban him off social media. Right. Right. But he has facts, stats, timelines, all that to back up the shit he's saying. And gumption. You know what I mean? And the gumption. Right. But we tune him out as well. We tune out all of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Right. Khalid Muhammad is interesting, right? It's, it's interesting how media works and how time works. I grew up in a time when Mr. Farrakhan was on daytime TV. Yeah. I grew up in a time where Mr. Farrakhan was on daytime TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? I grew up in a time where, you know, uh, uh, um, 
the sister who wrote the ISIS papers. I'm sorry, her name is escaping me right now, but she was on daytime TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it was like, when that's on, again, how media works, when this is a conversation that's happening in the lexicon, that conversation travels downward, right? You start to have these conversations in the neighborhood. One of the things about hip hop at its inception was that it was having different kind of ideas permeate. So you hear the dudes from New York talk about the five percenters. Well, we ain't got five percenters in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But when you start hearing the language and I'm, I'm, I'm in tune with the spirit of the energy of the movement, I want to be a part of this. So I want to know what they're talking about. Right. They're going to challenge me to question and to learn and expand my thought. Right. But as capitalism creeps in, as assimilation creeps in, those conversations don't take place on records no more. Mm-hmm. We're only having one conversation. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of materialistic shit mm-hmm. and the hoes love me. That's it. That's it. That's all that I mean, ways can I say this shit? Yeah. That's all that's happening. That's it. Or I'm shooting up niggas. Them three conversations. I got a bunch of shit. I shoot a lot of niggas in the, in the hose level. That's it. We got to start charging masculinity, bro. Yeah. Cause this is what we're producing is a, is a, is a retardation. Mm. Right? We're, we're masculine amongst us. That's it. And not amongst our enemies. That's it. I don't think, mm-hmm. we, I, don't, I don't think we're able to properly identify our enemies. Right? If, if we were able to properly identify our enemies, we wouldn't be so complicit with their agendas. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if I know that you trying to motherfucking take the ball and score it that way, I wouldn't be putting the fucking ball down there. But we are running full speed that way. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't think that, before you can even fight against them, you gotta identify them. I don't think we can fucking identify them. Not, not collectively. Not accurately. And that's, that becomes the problem. And I know we can identify them because when fucking nigger, Goes up 500%. We upset. I can't believe this. Where the fuck have you been since the inception of the American experiment that you can't believe that people are saying nigger all over this fucking country? Where have you fucking been? Where, like, where, where did you get this notion that this wasn't happening? Like, I'm in the fucking, I never stand for the national anthem. They play before all these fucking football games, right? I'm the only person in the fucking press box that doesn't stand for this shit. Yesterday, we're in Dallas. Texas is some different shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, they super Americans. You know what I'm saying? And, I, I don't give a fuck. This song is dumb as shit. Also interesting, at some point, usually in all these football games, they acknowledge some members of the military. Some of the troops get acknowledged at some point, they bring them out, and at that point, the entire thing flips. I'm the only person who rises to salute these people, right? Everybody else is just going about their motherfucking business. But this goofy-ass song come on before the game, and y'all all standing, y'all look at me like I'm crazy. Last year in Pittsburgh, damn near was going to knock some 70-year-old white dude out. Like, I don't know who the fuck you, like, you playing with me. But my point is, like, this is America, G. This is what they own. And if we do not ever stand up and push back against this shit, man, like, it's... It, it will continue. And why wouldn't it? I'm fucking winning. I'm getting my way. I'm going to keep pushing you around as, as long as I fucking want. I can bully you. It's fucking easy. Like, I think that was a great segue in the sense when you said we can't identify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a week or two ago, I went to go see the documentary Punch Nine for Harold. Mm-hmm. The documentary about Harold Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was geek to go see this shit. Right? I was too, actually. I right? Too. We talked about going to see it yeah, together and shit. Yeah. 
But I was eager to go see this shit, yeah. right? I didn't force my kids to go see this shit yeah. with me. I'd have had the whole family. I'd have bought the whole family out, right? You know I bought some black power shit. Yeah. So anything to speak to that, I'm going to force you to Get in the car. We're going in the car. Everybody's going. Right? So I go down to this movie with this kind of idealized vision of Harold Washington. I watched King Richard, too. Remind me to come back to that. So I, I'm, I'm going down there with this idealized vision of Harold Washington, right? Yeah. And, and then I... It, it took me watching this documentary for me to recognize that, man, look, I was seven. Yeah, I was seven years old when he got elected, mm-hmm. right, the first time. So I tried to put myself back into the mindset of a seven-year-old and why this shit had such a impact on my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have to assume it was like my son being six or seven or whatever it was uh, when Barack sure. got elected. Sure. Right? Sure. You see the fanfare at the moment, you feel the energy. You don't know what the fuck the politics at the moment is. You can feel it. But you see the hood rallying around this energy. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have this like it was almost like life changing experience when Barack Obama got elected, G. Like I remember the the night it happened, I'm in sharks and it's all the hood niggas in sharks. And these niggas is crying real tears. Yeah. Like, that shit was amazing to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would have to, you know, my son experienced that. Whether he could vocalize it or not, he had to recognize the power in the moment. Mm. And I think I probably had the same kind of the energy shift. fanfare around the idea of Harold. Mm-hmm. Right? And probably because I lived it and experienced it, even the kind of dude I am, I never researched it. Because I lived it and experienced mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. that becomes good enough to authenticate my idea around it, that's a flow. That's a flow. That's where I fuck with Ron at. Question all this shit, right? Because I was fully ignorant, fully unaware, and I think the vast majority of people who celebrate Harold are fully ignorant and fully unaware. Well, let me not say that, because some people actually identify with those kind of politics. But what I recognized in this documentary was that Harold was the original Barack Obama. And he ain't even the original Barack Obama. Tucson Lowe is the original Barack Obama. You know what I mean? And there's a place and space for those kind of politics, but the kind of man that I am, I don't identify with those kind of politics. And what I, this story was so fucking interesting, G, because like I said, it was, I looked at it from the standpoint of a seven year old, you know, amazed by the moment, the energy of the moment. But seeing that documentary and learning, Gee, that shit damn near made my stomach turn. 1983. Mm-hmm. This Chicago. This Chicago. This Chicago, Nick. Shout out to Chicago for how y'all came down to Dallas. I'll talk about that on the back end. But in Chicago, Republicans don't get elected for shit. Ever. We're notorious about the Democratic machine. Right? You cannot be a Republican in this motherfucker and win. You couldn't win PTA in this motherfucker. Right? It just don't work like that. <laughs> it don't. This Chicago. It is the truth. That's facts. Right? That's facts. So, 83, Harold comes out with the Democratic nomination. Mm-hmm. The Republican primaries. Sure. This is true shit. Right? The Republican that ends up running against Harold in the primary, he's running against a clown. And when I say clown, I'm not talking figuratively. You mean bozo. I'm saying this motherfucker got on the wig, makeup, and the red nose. You mean the grand prize game. My hand to God, this is true shit. 
I want to play the grandparents. Because it don't matter, though. But it don't matter. Anybody who's running for any kind of Republican seat in Chicago is like, it's laughable. Right. It's it's a joke. Might as well jump in the race as Bozo. Right. It's It's a joke. This is right. Damn. (laughs) This is true shit, though. Wow. Okay. Right? (laughs) And... And, and I can't, this fucks me up. I hate that I can't remember all these names. Damn, but the guy crazy. who emerges out of the Republican Party to be Harold's challenger, right? The, and again, with context, right? We think of Chicago in a way that we idealize or how we've experienced it. In our whole lifetime, uh, 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 we've probably had a, a black dominant aldermanic house. Yeah. Right, we've always had a, a dominant alderman, you know, positions in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But back then, it was white dominant. Mm-hmm. Right, these motherfuckers created a construct of Democrats for this white man. Wow! So you know how we got the Harold buttons, and everybody yeah. had the Harold buttons. Yeah. They was all walking around with just all white buttons. Yeah. Anything but the nigga. This was the moment. Anything but the nigga. Right. And we're talking about names that resonate today. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, Fast Eddie Vidoliak, mm-hmm. Ed Burke. All these motherfuckers was holding seats then. Yeah. Right? And Harold essentially ran on this kind of construct or this campaign of inclusion. Mm. Right? Hey, Mexicans. Hey, Hispanics. I'm rocking with you. Hey, white folks who've been left out the fold, I'm rocking with you. Right. Hey, black folks, I'm rocking with you. But very similar to Barack, this construct of hoping and love and all that shit, right? In the video, in the documentary, there's several scenes. And I don't know if the documentarian did this on purpose. Right. But there's several scenes of black people running up to Harold like, Harold, when you become mayor, you going? And he always makes a point to say, I'm everybody's mayor. I'm everybody's mayor. Wow, these motherfuckers who are posing you are running around with buttons with just white on it. It don't even say shit. It's just white. They just look at each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it just makes you think about the tribalism of how everybody else addresses the political landscape. Walking on eggshells, bullshit. We got to pretend. Then your face. Nigga, fuck you. And we, no, it's, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's Jeff fucking Ford. It ain't going to be no killing without no killing. I'm talking to you. I'm on national TV talking to the police. I'm the fucking leader of the Black Peace Stone Nation. I'm telling you motherfuckers. You come over here and kill one of mine, we killing one of yours. Back to manhood. I'm not everybody's gang leader. Right? What the, what okay. the, what the meme say? If a motherfucker's safe, he's not a good man. You gotta be threatening. Every black man that assumes some level of prominence can only be safe. Which is why we have such a, 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 a affinity for, for characters like Malcolm X. Affinity for characters like Louis Farrakhan. Like you've always heard of Farrakhan is the freest black man in America. Well, he don't hold no political seats. Right. He don't really hold no dominion over nothing but the nation of Islam. That's it. You know what I mean? But from, from the, from the standpoint of the masses, we idolize that energy. But then when we look for our leaders. But we don't replicate we, it. The leaders we create, we don't replicate it. No. We don't value it. No. Or we run from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Full speed. I think the way. last, I don't know, maybe three, four presidential elections, I, I rode in Farrakhan every time. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I refuse to vote for any of you motherfuckers. Farrakhan. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just so very interesting to me. And I, I wrote an article about it for the Defender, but 
I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of backlash and, you know, people going to hate me, but I just told my truth. Gee, this ain't it. I got to read it. I know it ain't out yet, but this send it to it. me anyway. I want to read it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's interesting, man. And it's true. It's true. And so to me, it, it then begs the question, right? If the only way to ascend in said game is to capitulate, why the fuck are we playing? Cause we bitches. I think the, I think, I think we should play. Right? I think we should play, but we should approach that game like we approach basketball. I think we should approach that game like we approach football. Don't nobody play basketball to tie? No. Don't nobody want to tie football? Who wants no. to do that shit? No. That's I want to dominate hell. your ass. That's off the hell. Right? So we have to approach those games with the same concept of domination. But that's in it. order to do that, just like when you play basketball or football in your sport, you're confident in it. Yeah. Right? I'm confident that I can do this. Yeah. Right? And even if I don't do it, I'm going to keep trying to do it till I can do it. And I believe that the person to my left and to my right is on the same thing I'm on. You know what I'm saying? We all trying to go down there and scope. We all trying to fuck them niggas up. Or not. Or not. Or not. And I mean it in this way. Even if we lose, though, G, and that's what I mean, like, you got to believe. Right, even if I lose, I'm not losing. You can't take nothing from me from losing the basketball game. Right, right. So what happens though, and how they change the game in, the, in regards to the COVID structure, the political structure, whatever the fuck the structure is, what you stand to lose though, right, is your your ability in your mind to sustain. Sure, I'm going. I'm, if I do this, I threaten this opportunity. So that's if what I, I do. This I threaten this contract. If I do this, I threaten. You know what I mean? But if they hold all the keys to all of those opportunities, then it's always always gonna be the bitch. The threat is always there. It's gonna always be there. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't care if you win the game. You got six billion dollars. No, the fuck you don't. Yeah, it's my ball, no, bitch. It's my ball, bitch. I'm going. You know what I'm saying? It's my bike, punk. My bike. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's not. It's, it's not like that. And so that's what I mean. Like, you like to not to like withdraw from the game. Not to say don't compete. But I'm saying, don't be so beholden to the consequences of, of losing, because you're fucking losing anyway. Yeah, so I agree with that. Who on my team? Let's fucking advance the ball as far as we fucking can, and let them niggas know that every day we wake up, they gonna have to deal with us trying to advance the fucking ball. G. You like, have to deal with what Benny Siegel say? You better make a decision before I do. That's my favorite line in any movie ever. Period. You better make a decision before I do, motherfucker. Hey man, I was talking to I was talking to Gino, man. Shout out to Gino. Uh, I was talking to Gino. We was talking about Cam. Cause did you see Cam? He put out a video about Ben Simmons I on social media. Ben Simmons, the basketball player from the Nets. The airball layup video. Gee, the nigga. He tagged him in the video, and Cam said, "Hey Ben, stop playing with my niggas, B." <laughs> Stop playing with my niggas, B. He's like, I, I ain't gonna say it. No. Stop playing with my niggas, B. You know what I'm saying? He was like, this, I know, you know, Kyrie, Katie, I know y'all probably don't want me to do this. This ain't on the, I'm saying this. Stop playing with my niggas, B. You got my niggas out there playing two on five, B. Fuck is you doing? He was like, one thing you watch it on TV. I go to the game, so this nigga shoot the air ball layup. Nigga, if you don't want to play basketball, motherfucker, stop playing. Go be with the Kardashian, you know, whatever the fuck, whoever the fuck you with. Stop playing with my niggas, B. I say, hey. They did not give Cameron a script in Peyton Forge. Okay? <laughs> he did not have a script. Cameron is fucking Rico, nigga. Like, that's, he's Rico, dog. I was watching a Wood Harris video and I was telling Gino this yesterday. I'm watching a Wood Harris video and Wood Harris, like, shout out to Wood Harris. He's from we the pulled the dude out of the car. Yes. 
He said, that was not in the fucking script, G. He said, like, the, the scene with dude pull up on the block, he talking shit. Like, man, dude, got y'all shut the tail. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't, ain't moving. He, what you say? You, you ride with Calvin, you on Calvin Dick? This, it was written for him to go up to the car, say, you, you, why you holding Calvin shit? And smack dude and dude pull off. Right? Not Rico. Not Killer, G. Killer goes through that, fires on the nigga. In real life. In real life. Fires on the nigga. Snatch his ass out the car. Would say, dude, shit all bleeding and shit, fired on him. Snatch him out the car by his motherfucking head. And then strip the nigga butt naked on the block. Get the fuck up the block, B. The fuck up the block. He say, was it John Singleton movie? Whatever fuck movie it was. He say, he was like, yo, he called me. He said, look, we got the fucking scene. He said, we got the scene. It was perfect. He said, Cameron went crazy. He didn't do shit on the thing, but it was the perfect fucking scene. What I don't know is how the, like, the other, the other actor, the nigga, actor, actor. he did great, too. He, he probably was actually shook. Like, no. he, hey, look, hey, like, look, he's the black man in America. Ain't that a bitch? That's a bitch, G. Yeah. That was not the script. It wasn't the script, G. Right? He's going to smack him and the dude's going to drive off. He fired on a nigga and drug him out the car by but his if, neck and stripped him in the street. If this ain't the script. And we standing on some man shit. The minute you connected with that first punch, I'm fucking you clean up, bro. <laughs> How about this, though? Because th- th- that also speaks to the same thing. Everybody around here, I don't know if y'all ever been on a fucking set of anything. There's a million motherfuckers on the set of some shit like that. Everybody was like, a nigga saw that kind of gumption and toughness, you just let that nigga go. Like, Whatever, man. You know when they took down the the towers in New York, and yeah. they talking about they took them down with box cutters. Yeah, it was all these conversations, and I and I agree with the conversation. About right? what they would have did. Nigga ain't taking my wallet with a box cutter, G. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna have to go for this. Right? It's just the truth, right? Right. But right, if a motherfucker get up, slit a motherfucker throat, and then say what he finna do. You go acquiesce. It's different. It's, it's different. That box cutter ain't a box cutter no more. No. That's a motherfucker. It's a guillotine. It's a guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't a box cutter no more. So with that. What do you want me to do? Okay. Okay. You, you clearly demonstrated a willingness to go all the way. Yeah, you willing to go all the way. It's not the box cutter I'm scared of. It's not a box cutter It's you. It's you. It's you. You you the wildest nigga on this plane. You the wildest nigga, B. <laughs> what are we going again? What are we doing? <laughs> you said fly this motherfucker into the, okay. <laughs> You go acquiesce. Yeah, but man. that level of gumption, G, that's what manhood looks like. You got it. You listen, man. But again, to the point we had with somebody earlier, you have to decide. Them niggas decided two years before 9-11, if you believe the shit. You I gotta decide, bro. Whatever, right? Let's not go into the conspiracy shit. Them niggas decided two years ago that they was willing to die behind what they was getting at. Period. Period. See, I was in the niggas woke up that morning like, listen, today's a good day to fucking die. I was in the dressing room. I was like, damn. All I heard was the voices. I don't know who the fuck out there. Uh, right. I'm I willing to die behind it. I'm trying to behind this shit. It's, it's over with it's already. Over. Don't even matter. Don't even matter. It's, 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 that's. Right? We got to have the same level of vigor and gumption in all aspects of life. Whether it be business, whether it be politics. So that's how everybody else plays the game. And we don't recognize that. I saw somebody the other day was like, y'all talk all that shit about alpha males running the world. But then they put up pictures of Jeff Bezos, uh, 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 all the, all the top tier mm-hmm. digital space cats. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. He's like, but these are beta males. And I thought about that and I said, man, you motherfuckers is crazy. 
Y'all again, looking at their image and thinking they bad men. Again, the inability to properly identify. Right, you can't properly identify. These motherfuckers is cutthroats. Are you motherfucking stupid? Are you crazy? This, for, I bet my life, okay, at some point, there was a fucking meeting with about six niggas in a dark alley under a motherfucking stadium somewhere. Like, okay. We, you saying we can shut down the entire world, right? And in that process, we gonna make untold billions of dollars in this shit? Trillions of dollars in this shit? Cool. Yeah, I think you said it right, right? Our inability to identify what's really going on. Fuck all of y'all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cutthroat as hell. Fuck all of y'all. Nobody move, nobody get hurt. Everybody stay the fuck home Definitely. and buy from my website. And then when I get, when I get done with that, my man gonna come over here and sell y'all all the shit to make y'all feel better. They like, that's not a good plan. Good plan. Do it. Hit the, <laughs> do it. Jeff Bezos got his bread from his wife's family. Yeah. And canceled her. Cancel that bitch. Cancel that bitch. I'll find me another. I'll find me another. <laughs> Bill Gates did the same. I mean, why would you think these niggas is nice? They not. Savages. They savages, G. 100% savage. Oh, my God. But there's no way to, to you, you don't. But get, they were dockers. And you confused in that shit. You're confused. Yeah, you confused. You don't get to that level. It's Jordan. Nigga, I will kill you about what I'm on. All I'm trying to do is put the ball in the basket and, and win some chips. But I will kill you about this shit, bro. Whatever you want. Make up your motherfucking mind that I'm willing to die behind what I'm on right now, G. And niggas don't understand that level of commitment. And it's kind of fucking psychotic. It's why Jordan could never be a fucking coach. Like, he gonna kill one of you niggas for not being on what he on. Like, but again, why his right, teammates didn't like see him. the shit is psychotic, but it's the essence of manhood. I tell this all I the agree. time, right? I tell my son all the time, G. Talent is no substitute for drive. No. Right? He who wants it the most will have it. That's just it, right? right? I remember when I did hoop all the time, it got to a point where I stopped hooping with white boys, ever. Mm-hmm. They got a different rhythm. I ain't getting paid for this shit. And they looking to hurt your ass. They just, they just different. Reckless. They reckless, right? <laughs> but they're reckless in an effort to win. Yeah. Right? And we hooping on the weekends. We weekend warriors. We ain't that serious about this shit. Yeah. Right? But everything, we, again, how they approach that little minimum-ass game yeah. is how they approach life. It's everything. It's everything. Everything. And, and we ain't operating with that same vigor, that same level of uh, uh, determination, then what do you expect to yield? Whether it be in regards to progress to your life, whether it be in regards to how your woman views you, whether it be in regards to how your children view you, if that is the playing field, if this is the Monopoly board and everybody else is addressing the game from this standpoint, Right? Then you got to address the game from the standpoint. And part of that shit is the, the combination of one, our fear. Mm-hmm. Right? Number one. That's one. And the disposition of, like you said, our inability to identify. So even our women push back against that energy. Mm-hmm. Don't be that motherfucker. Yeah. Which might be a remnant of slavery, right? Like they say in our community, right? We raise our girls and coddle our boys. Right. Cause it's so detrimental. Right. For a man to show up in his man polarity. Right. Right, but if a man don't show up in his man polarity, then we just can deem ourselves extinct. Message. I told you I wanted to touch on the King Richard piece, man. I watched it on the plane. Uh, I watched it on the plane coming to and from Dallas, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that man was cold. Okay, like that man was cold. First of all, he wrote out 
all his daughters lives. Not just Venus and Serena, it was five of them. And they was all cold as shit. Not at tennis, but just at life. You know what I'm saying? Valedictorians, doctors, lawyers, the other three. Um, wrote out the plan for them. Fully committed to it. Every day, they putting this tennis shit in. Venus and Serena. He got the whole plan. He pushed them forward. He getting his ass beat. They in Compton playing tennis. You know what I'm saying? He at the park with his daughters. Gangsta niggas trying to holler at his daughters, beating his ass behind the shit. All kind of shit, right? Um, his plan comes to fruition, obviously, right? He's relentless in his pursuit of the goal, and he gets them to the point where they right on the cusp. Venus is. She's the oldest one. Venus is right there, ready to turn pro. She's got the best coaches in the world, The all this shit, right? <sighs> And then Nike starts to come, and they want to sign these deals, and they all want them to play pro. No, they all wanted to play juniors. He pulled them out of juniors. Like, no, nah, they're not playing another match until I say they're ready to turn pro. For three years, they didn't play a single match. Coaching every day, they training, all that shit, but they're not playing, right? Anyway, gets to the point where everybody is now in disagreement with what he's doing, right? Venus is ready to turn pro. The coach wanted to turn pro. Nike want to sign up for $3 million. And now mom is like, hey, nigga, acquiesce. Fuck is you doing? And he like, wait, fuck am I doing? I architect, I, like this whole thing. I designed all this shit. You know what I'm saying? All this is happening because of my design. I, what are you, now, now everybody knows better than me? And he was so motherfucking cold with them white people, the interviews, how they sit down and interview Venus, and he'd be having a thing cut. Fuck is you asking her that for? Like, she fucking answered it. Don't ask her that, that shit no motherfucking more. Nike come down. The fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Coaches come down. They need to do this. She need to play this. She's not doing that, G. That man, that man was cold as fuck. And so is Will Smith, G. Will Smith is not quite Denzel. I still know it's Will Smith when I'm watching him, but he's almost to the level of where whatever he, whoever he is in the movie, that's who I think he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that nigga called too. In the words of Minister Farrakhan, G, be purposeful in the woman you choose. Mm. Because if she acquiesces, she will make your ass a slave. That's true. And their mama was called too. She, 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 she was called and extremely viable on the journey, but when they get, when they got time to, when they, when they got to that level, then all of a sudden, the nigga who was the architect of this whole thing, now he's not right. It's like, damn, y'all wild as hell for this shit. I think that's interesting, though, right? I, again, I don't know the Venus and Serena story like that. Mm -hmm. But at least from the outside looking in, it looks like they have a level of disdain for him, too. Mm. And when you look at the kind of men they chose in their lives, mm. even though he was the architect of their lives, mm -hmm. the men that they chose in their lives are... On the opposite end of the spectrum of the man who architect their lives. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting, man. I think it's hard to stay. I think it's two different worlds. What do you mean? I don't even know where they would have met a person like their father. At 14, she's a professional tennis player. They, that's a different one. Like the, the fucking professional tennis world is white as fuck. I, I could rock with that at some level. I mean, I know they grew up. I know they grew up around niggas in Compton, but they was school, tennis, sleep. 
but because of who they are though too, right? They 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 kind of tower above their sport. Absolutely. You know what I mean? They're not They transcend. Yeah, they transcend their sport. They're not regulated to as an adult. Sure. Right? And and all I'm saying is value. You know, all I'm saying is value, right? I agree. Uh for him to commit in the way that he committed to them. For him to create them in the way that he created them. Yeah. It's like the Kendrick record that we talked about yeah. when he first dropped yeah. that album. And he yeah. had all this disdain for some of the ideas that his father permeated in his life. Yeah. But they're from a perspective of not understanding the world from the lens of how your father understands the world. So it's almost like, it's almost like you breed them to assimilation. You understand what I'm saying? I do. And then from the outward, from the outside looking in, everybody beneath that looks at that as the goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. How can you not say Venus and Serena don't got the best lives in them? Matter of fact, I remember the conversation when Serena married the white boy. Mm-hmm. And the conversation from the community was like, well, all the black men that she dated didn't appreciate her, didn't want her in that way. One, you don't know what the fuck was going on right. in them relationships. Right. You know what I mean? You don't know what the fuck went on there. And I, I can't even speak to that, but to jump, for me at least, and this just might be my own. Right misconception of my own misunderstanding but it's i just can't see me dating a uh 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 trajectory of sisters mm-hmm. and then friday i marry a white woman right. <laughs> it just the math don't add up for me you know what i mean i don't know and again i don't follow these stories like that so it might have been some other white men in their past but it wasn't publicized and then all of a sudden right you know, he's Thomas. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just the math ain't math for them. That's different. No, it's that's, different. That's definitely, that's definitely some different shit, man. You, you, you see that kind of shit and it's just like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I just, I just thought the man was dope. Uh, real quick, man. Chicago, man, showed up, show out. They was talking about doing this fucking Chicago takeover in Dallas and they did that shit. Nigga, they was so, it was so many Chicago people in Dallas this weekend. Mostly black folk, black Chicago? Yes. I mean, white Chicago was there too, I guess. I mean, I, I know they were. I saw them. But I'm talking about black Chicago was outside, okay? Outside. All the parties. Everybody, it was all Chicago shit. House music, Chicago DJs. Shout out to Sean Mack. Shout out to DJ Commando. Like, they was all out there just doing their shit, and it was hella so Chicago. Everywhere you go, it's like, yo, 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 oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, you down here too? Like, everybody was down there. Now, it's interesting, though, right? When people get out of town, there is a behavior shift that 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 happens with people, G., and they'd be doing things, and they'd be like... More aggressive or less aggressive? More, um... What's the opposite of conservative? Liberal. More liberal. They're just far more carefree. You know what I mean? I'm not going to even say nothing. (laughs) I'm not going to engage this conversation. They're far more liberal... When they fucking cross a motherfucking zip code or some shit, man. I, hey. Things were happening. Okay? <laughs> Things were happening. I'm like, 
Hey yo, y'all wildin', son. And I'm I'm a I'm a liberal nigga all the time. So I'm, I'm do your shit. It's not really, you know what I'm saying? You ain't bothering nobody. But I'm just like, y'all really came out here on that, huh? Okay. Like, y'all wilding the fuck out, man. Wilding the fuck out. And then you see him at the crib and it's back to conservative and all. I'm like, hey, hey. All the world's a stage and every actor plays his part. What, 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 what happened to Dallas Michelle stay as far as I'm concerned? I was, I was, Truly just cool. And I was hanging out with my cousins and shit. Super dope to see them. We got to stop questioning them kind of philosophies, though. What? Right? Like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? What happens in Dallas stays in Dallas? No, the back. fuck it don't. It comes back. I know your people. It comes back. It comes back. It comes back. Right? It comes back. Those it, stories going to come back. Those relationships going to come back. What happens in Chicago don't stay in your house? That's true. You know what I mean? Let's niggas, fuck hey, out of here, man. Hey, hey, your truth. Hey. Yeah, I agree with that. Because niggas, hey. Okay? They they like that here too, I, I, and, and and like you said, I agree with you when I said you know the barriers get lifted. There is more uh, liberal activity going on. Yeah, man. You know yeah, what I mean. Man. But they just get on the plane, and, and and by the time they get off, fuck it, because there's it. there's some there's some fuck it in the oxygen on the plane that like, just switches people up. But I was like, y'all y'all fast. You have worse behavior. Yeah, they had behind a mask, bro. Yeah, man, but they took over, man. That 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 stadium is humongous. I don't know the capacity, somewhere between eighty and a hundred thousand, I would say. But um, at least thirty five percent of that stadium was Bears fans. Blue and orange is, I mean, everywhere. When the when Justin Fields scored his touchdown, it looked like the Bears was gonna get some momentum going. You could just hear them take over, like "Let's go Bears!" Just chant through the whole thing. It was like, damn, they ain't here. Deep than a motherfucker. Like, airports, there and back, all blue and orange. Whole city in Dallas, Arlington, and fucking all that shit. It was how crazy. Much, how much, how much, how much revenue you think the Bears kick back to the south or the west side per year? And I know they kick back some. I, I just wonder what, like, kind of percentage. Lately, over the, and I say lately, like, over the past, like, two or three years. They've done a lot more. Um, they've done a lot more over the past couple of years just in terms of being intentional about uh, getting some of their fortune to the south and west sides. Percentage-wise, I'm still, I'm sure it's still just a drop in the bucket, uh, even in comparison to, you know, investments they make in other. And, I, and I'm saying the Bears, but I wonder how much the house DJs kick back to – the South Side. Mm. I remember when the before the before the the Fifty Third Street Fest when it was kind of the Silver Room Fest. Yeah. Well, not even the Silver Room Fest because those are kind of two different festivals. We could compare them both. Though. Brew Fest, the Brew Fest, and the Silver Room, but both was on Fifty Third. Right. They both relocated off Fifty of Third. Right. Because all of the vendors on Fifty Third wouldn't support, yet they benefited capitalized greatly. and benefited greatly. Mm-hmm. Right. So if if I'm gonna do this and I'm the you know whatever the main funder or whatever I'm Get, reap the benefits from it, sure. which is why both of those festivals moved to different locations this year. Yeah, right. So what that says innately is that nobody's kicking back. But I, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of how we can acquiesce to these celebration, celebratory events, right? We got elections basically next week. Mm-hmm. 
Not as many people that went to Dallas is going to yeah. go to the polls. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> no, for real. I feel right? you on that. To that point, right? The, the, and then, you know, I ain't knocking nobody. I love everybody. Right? But I just looked at the, the Chicago murder race. You know what the leading neighborhood is for homicides? I fucking do. I live there. Yeah. I'm from the there. The west side or the south side? Over east. South Shore. Yeah, South, south Shore. 38 homicides to this point of the year. Uh, you know, man, I always struggle with, with, with the whole thing about, you know, South Shore and over east because obviously I'm not ignorant, right? Obviously I've, I've lived there my entire life. So I certainly know the pain, the struggle, the violence. I know all that shit, right? It's, I've experienced it as close as you ever want to experience anything. Um, but I've also m- far more so experienced the joys of that community and the love of it. And I fucking love it. And so when I see something like that, it's like, damn, it, like, Somehow I'm simultaneously surprised and, and not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. So, man. you know, I got the spot in South Shore now, so I've been spending a lot more time over in South Shore. Mm-hmm. Right? South Shore is fucking beautiful. It is, man. It is, right? It's a but fucking gym. Back to the politics of it. Right? When they tore the buildings down. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, a disproportionate number of residents came to South Shore more than any other community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But that's a political decision. It's also a financial decision, <laughs> right? Because we know when we displace these people over there, because of the economic it's gonna get realities of our communities, yeah. this shit is going to create some turmoil, yeah. right? And when the turmoil c- gets created, what happens? Property, property value drops, goes down. We, What's we over here on the South Shore land is the fucking lake. Why the front properties? Lake we get pennies on a dollar. My point is, we come, Park. we come kick it for the silver room. We go, we'll go to Dallas for the Bears. We'll spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to be at the party. Yeah. While your mama house is finna get taken for taxes. Mm-hmm. Miss me with that shit. Mm-hmm. We're in a moment in time where that cannot be our only reality. That's and true. I'm not anti-fun. No, I hate you. Right? But we got to live. Ain't up. no balance. Ain't no balance, bro. Ain't no balance. Ain't no balance. Gonna do it again in Atlanta in a couple weeks. They, mm-hmm. The Bears play the Falcons in Atlanta. They already the Chicago takeover for Atlanta is already everybody that was out. You go to Atlanta. I see Atlanta too. I see Atlanta. Like I'll for the be average, there. For I'll the be there average for sure. fan, what do you think that trip costs? Let's you did flight, uh, hotel, trick off. I would say I would say on the at, I would say on the low end two bands. And that'd be on the very low end. Bro. On the low end, too bad. Because when you're kicking it like that, like you said, it, what'd you say? There's no inhibition. Very liberal. Very liberal. You swiping, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Right? Let's go. You swiping. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Pay your mama taxes, nigga. Yeah, and I, that's, yeah, I, I ain't even think about the fucking game. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the, the very minimum, two bands. And, and that's. And you finna lose your mama house for two bands. Yeah, cause you ain't paid the taxes in two years. Yeah, and it, it was it was it was a it was a whole heap of a lot of two bands out there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it was cool to see the city show up like that, though, man. It was fun for sure. Uh, definitely put on. Saw uh, shout to Damon Williams. He he had a uh, he performed out there, did his comedy. Uh, him and Dougie Fresh was on the show together. Dougie Fresh. It's still Dougie Fresh. Still Dougie Fresh, man. Just bouncing around. Still young and vibrant. You know what I'm saying? Quietly, G. Dougie Fresh might be the most paid corporate rapper. 
He got all kind of corporate contracts people don't know mm. about. Like everywhere, you show up to the the, the private corporate disc, and Dougie's the entertainment. Dougie Fresh is one of the greatest entertainers of all time. Like it's not up for debate. He is like you know what I'm saying. He's on the Mount Rushmore of fucking entertainers. Just period. And he's good at the shit, man. He's good at the shit. Like he. He got a lane for sure. The thing I saw, man, he, he rocking that motherfucker. And I'm, I'm just on, I'm standing, I'm just standing on the side of the stage. And I'm just watching him just rock this shit. And I'm like, yo, this wild as hell. And the motherfucker was already turned up because Damon Williams had did like an hour stand up. And so they was already feeling good and liquor was flowing, but it hit a whole nother thing when Dougie Fresh came out there and hit just the way he controls the crowd. His energy permeates throughout the entire space. And it's like, yo, this dude is he's special. Dude, he's man. gifted. He's gifted and talented and experienced. It was it was dope to see him do his thing uh, up close and personal, man. Um, we gotta fucking go, man. Uh, I'm tired as shit. I've been just going, 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 and eventually I'll crash. Only two more. Only two more road. They got three more road games. I don't think I'm going to the last one, which is in Detroit. They play Detroit on New Year's Day, and I think I'm going to host this event here on New Year's Eve. Man, it's good to hear that shit, man. We got to figure some shit out because they was coming to me with that New New Jersey shit this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So we got to figure some shit out. Yeah. So they only got it's only two it's only two more road trips that I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do that that Detroit game. I think I'm going to host like a. A bear with me kind of party where, you know. Detroit is New Year's? It's, yeah, it's on New Year's Day. And so I'll have to be in Detroit New Year's Eve because the game is at noon. And, uh, somebody wants me to host their New Year's Eve event. And, uh, I don't know. So I think I, I don't think I'm going to that, but I'm going to Atlanta and they go. Don't they usually play Detroit on Thanksgiving? A lot of times they do. They yeah, last that was year. the last football game I went to with yeah. the D. They did last year. It was in Detroit on Thanksgiving last year. Uh, Shout out to Detroit Lions, too. They had Thanksgiving food and shit for us in the box up there last year. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Atlanta and then New York. And then I'll be done fucking dipping the fuck out of here and trying to make it back on Mondays and whatnot. But, anyway, man, we appreciate y'all. We have to go. Uh, thank y'all so much for tuning in. As always, it was certainly, certainly valued, certainly, certainly appreciated. Huge shout out to the – Greatest producer in the game, E40. E40. And back behind the cameras today, man. Cool out, brother. Cool out, out. man. We've missed you, brother. It's good to, to, it's good to work with you again, man. I know you've been busy and and getting to it, and that's super, super dope, man. But it's, it's, it's dope that we had a chance to link up, uh, and, and and put this one down, man. It's real good to, 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 to get back with you, man. Shout out to Chris Cool Out, man. Absolutely. Uh, so that's it for me, man. We'll see y'all on Friday for Relationship Friday Conversation for two. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace.